Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour nothing but NRL tour. And back for another week of the fifth and last NRL podcast. And what a crazy day it's been in the world of rugby league boxhead. Yeah. We always say there's never a dull moment. Surprise, does it? No. And uh, I'm sure most people have known by now. It's been a topic we've had for a few weeks. And we've talked about it last year when the rumours were surrounding the situation. But John Morris, gone. Been given the flick. It was talked about that, you know, Flanagan and this person and that person. And they were going... For Craig Bellamy, and they were going to throw the kitchen sink, and there was no real talk between Morris and his management. They spoke to the club a little bit in the off season, but he was just staying away from the situation. And uh, at no point in time did I think it would escalate to the point where five rounds into a year, where they've basically been in every game, you'd be firing your head coach, who's done a pretty good job, in my opinion, the last two years, given the circumstances. And again, it wasn't for a Bellamy, or it wasn't for a known quantity. It's for another rookie head coach coming from another club. Um, next not year. until next year and now you've got an interim for the rest of the year so the thing that I find crazy here they're preaching about wanting to be successful in top four and striving for this but you basically in my opinion have almost just self-destructed by what you've done right here yeah like, I, I don't understand it but they could prove me wrong they could go on to play very well there's a lot of guys obviously with contracts off Josh Hanna he can find an interim job he's coming to another one hey, two for but, two Sure, uh, that wasn't his intention when he went to Cronulla. Nah, he come down, was hired by Morrison, Morris yeah. from the so situation. So he's probably thinking, great, I'm going to be on the move again. And linked with Fitzgibbon, who obviously now confirmed three years as of next year onwards is Seralda, who they were talking about being possible camp for the head coaching job. They're still talking about targeting him to come as an assistant to join Craig Fitzgibbon. But I guess the crazy thing here, and before you got here, we're recording a bit late, I said to you I spoke to somebody earlier who was a Sharks fan. And he was basically like, harsh, but it had to happen. And I was like, well, why? Why are you not happy as a Sharks fan because of the John Morris situation? And he only had two things that he offered up. One, he said our defense is bad. I'm like, okay. And any other reasons why? He's like, well, we haven't really beaten top eight teams. And I, I know we haven't beaten a top eight team. I'm like, okay, well, he got the job with no preseason from Shane Flanagan, who left the club with a salary cap, cap punishment. And a lot of bad contracts, Aaron Woods, Johnson, Moylan, Fafita, you know, Woods, that were all high money, choking up the majority of your salary cap. He's come in. He's made the eight two years in a row. He's debuted, I think they set up to 15 or 16 players now. He's got guys in like Talakai who have been to three different clubs, gone all the way from being an Australian schoolboy within four years to playing Ron Massey to being one of their best players. 
Rudolph playing good football, who's another guy who's taken a couple of years. Hunter, who's been a journeyman for six years to play well. And then you've seen the flashes from your Mulitalos, your Ferris's, Trindles, Katoa, Kennedy's, blah, 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 coming through. So he's built up this really good core group, which, again, he's had a lot to do with, having been the development coach, 20s coach, academy coach the whole way through, seen them all through to the NRL, boosted up the bottom end, all these guys that have come in. And even now, again, somewhat would be contract situation, but it's got Moylan and a few of these guys that weren't playing well or Dugan buying in and at least doing a solid enough job. So I don't understand, from, again, from that perspective, how unless you have a known quantity and the talk about a Bellamy or someone like that coming across, how you go to a rookie coach and you decide straight away that this fixes the situation for you, number one, to be able to sign players, and number two, suddenly turn into a top four club. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's been at the Roosters, but as we've spoken about before, a lot of people that have come from the Roosters, Melbourne, or anywhere that's successful is always touted as the next head coach does not guarantee success. And I'm no, not saying doesn't. Fitzgibbon can't coach, because I don't know if he can coach, and that's what we're going to find out. But that's what I find more stunning, that this situation has unraveled the way it has. Well, they, they it's just, plain and simply, they wanted Fitzgibbon. And they've gone and got him. Rightly or wrongly. Well, a few weeks ago, they wanted Craig Bellamy. I, I don't, I don't think Craig anyone Bell. would argue that um, John Morris did a fantastic job getting the Sharks to where they are now. They obviously just think that Craig Fitzgibbon's going to give them more upside moving forward. I don't agree with it. I don't like the timing of it. I don't like the way it's been done. I think John Morris has got every reason to feel pretty hard done by. Uh, and that, that that's about all I've, I've got. I, I don't really, without knowing details, and I guess the details will come out in the wash as they always do, it's it's hard to really make a call, but it does seem strange. that they, they don't. When I watch Cronulla, I don't think... They're in need of a coaching change. No, I think they've actually been fairly well coached given the situation. I watched them live against Parramatta uh, two weeks ago and they were really good in that game. Yeah, I don't know. And that's the thing. It's not like I've heard nothing... Should have beaten the Roosters on the weekend. I get that, but we've heard nothing but positive things. No, I'm, I, I'm using that as a, as yeah. a positive. They should, and I'm not going to make excuses, but they did lose two to HIA early. The yeah. Parramatta game, they lost their whole bench by half time. They put a good fight in. I don't see any sign of anyone not playing for Morris or this group not being good. And for all he's done after the situation you handed him from Flanagan in two seasons, to be in a situation now where there's about to be 3 to $4 million worth of free salary cap with all the young guys you've blooded through, brought up, and a few guys you've cherry-picked that others have overlooked or not been able to get the best out of, and now you don't get that opportunity, I'd be fucking filthy. That's just me if I'm John Morris right now. Absolutely Filthy. Yeah, he would be. And that's just my opinion. Take, put myself in his shoes as Which coach. Which is why he's you, walked away. If you did all this dirty work, and that's, yeah, exactly. People are saying, well, why would you go right now? Whether they went to him, and they obviously said this afternoon, apparently they've told him the situation. I don't know whether they said walk away. I think they gave him the option of what, how he wanted to progress. Why would you do any more for this club right now if that's the news you've been delivered? I would not want to put... Uh, it- I, yeah, the... What's sort of gone through my head, though, is is it the best decision for his coaching career to walk away? I think it is, given what's coming. Like, but what's he going to do for the next nine months? Straight away now. Six months. I don't see how he would not be in line somewhere if a coaching job opened up, how he some not, would not be a candidate. And if not, I if I'm one of the better clubs, like a Roosters, who just is about to lose Fitzgibbon, or a Melbourne, or any one of these systems, if they do lose a high-class assistant, I don't think necessarily that's somewhere he needs to go but I don't see how he doesn't get another job somewhere I really don't yeah well, but we, like, let's, from let's my be point of view like if you know you're gonna you're going 
are you better off just saying, well, I'm out and not coaching, or are you better off coaching and proving that you should have got a job or that you should be well, in the job or the, it's a good point, advertisement for your next job rather than the, the not coaching is, at all? I think what he's done now, it's like, how is this not enough to prove a point? And they've gone and got an unknown. Like, I'm sure if they come to no, him I know and say, that, but we you know in a week's time, he's going to be forgotten. Well, I'm certainly not going to forget. And as soon as someone's under pressure, I mm. think he'll be one of the first people that comes up. Yeah, I'm not sure he will be. I, I don't think this is a smart move to walk away straight away, unless they've said to him, you, you're going. Well, I think there'd be an element of both sides, to be yeah. honest. Because it seemed like once this was done, they wanted to cut the cord and move yeah, away that- pretty quickly, thinking in their own boat that this might be untenable or he might not put in the same effort, etc. I, I don't pick him to be that sort of person, but... From your own perspective, a lot like the Dean Pay situation, I think you get to a point where you just walk away and go, well, I've done the hard yards for the last two years in a shit situation with a lot less resources than someone would get in a lot of these other clubs and hamstrung by a salary cap and bad contracts and blooded all these kids and this is basically how it's been handled. Yeah. Like, if this was going to be the news and they had it sorted by the off-season and said after next year you're gone and it was like, but for the next 12 months, yep, I know. All good, I'll put my best foot forward. But like now, round five, like the timing of it in particular to me is just dreadful how it's been handled. Yeah, dreadful. no argument. The only thing I can see working in their favour is they've got a lot of young, enthusiastic guys in the squad and a lot of the top end are off contract. So for them, they're going to have to take emotion or the situation out of it and play well because a lot of them are fighting for their careers. So it, it, they may play well for Hene or things may not pan out too bad this year but if I'm Cronulla and I'm preaching again I want to be successful and we want to push for top four and we're not happy with being mediocre firing my coach five rounds in after a couple of close losses and some hard situations doesn't really scream success to me that screams poorly yeah. handled and again it's not for Craig Bellamy and that's not knocking Fitzgibbon but again we're going from what people are saying oh he's an unexperienced coach and he still needs more time and more of an apprenticeship well how much more do you want to do he actually did a proper apprenticeship. He's come through the steps. He's done those satellite academies, development, assistant, flag. Yeah, but you've already said like, that. I, you know, he's that. I don't think anyone would argue that. But they're obviously they're looking forward. They're not looking at what he's done. They're looking at. What I get that. But people are comparing the two, also saying, "Well, yeah, but it's stupid. It's that's not what the that's not what the board and the decision makers are doing. No, it's not a matter of of what you've done. It's a matter of what they think you can do. Hmm. But that argument, and I think that that can get easily mixed up. And it should. It shouldn't, because it's it's it's, it's simple. Well, you'd like to think that, but again, I took some of the arguments that have been pitched, and the other one was attracting players. You've got a rookie coach. Why does Craig Fitzgibbon suddenly attract more players than John Morris does? He's an unknown. He's coming from the Roosters. That doesn't guarantee he's going to be successful. I thought it was pretty odd. There was a few things that leaked out yesterday in the media about that he flips and flops on decisions and... Yeah, it's by the Sharks, obviously, to kind of justify what they I thought it was terrible. Yeah. Terrible. And there was no real one solid negative that they could really come up with. It just... It was throwing shit into the fan, really. Paul Paul Kent, just before you got back here, because we're a bit later here tonight, it's almost 10 o'clock, was saying, Will Chambers is there and no one's spoken to him yet because, you know, they're worried about possibly the centres they've got there now. It's like, Will Chambers got flicked from Melbourne and was playing average football over 12 months ago and has been playing rugby union, why is anyone desperate to call Will Chambers right now to come back and play in the NRL? They've got a pretty good situation at the As moment. in what? They should have 
signed oh, basically saying like they haven't moved on or haven't made a phone call yet because again the indecision it's like well I don't really think we'll change but that's not on Morris's part no they if, could have easily said two weeks ago Morris you're, well, the, you're the coach they've got a recruitment committee who makes those decisions so it's not on Morris to do that but also you're talking about a bloke who wasn't wanted the last 12 months after he was punted by Melbourne so why are we suddenly bowing to call somebody who's been out of the game for almost 24 just, months yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of agendas on that it's a shit excuse yeah tough tough watch I, I oh. thought last night it was it was really really poor because you're affecting someone's career, and you don't know that what you're saying is one hundred percent true. No, you're getting given that information by someone who wants that information out there. Exactly, the sharks. It's terrible. Sharks. I, I, I felt I went to university with John Morris. So I should probably say that I know him to say good day to. I, I don't know him. We don't have mobile phone numbers. We don't share emails. What all that stuff. But I felt horrendous. I. Just the way that he was just slung around and the way that they were trying to... But I, I just, just discredit his ability to coach. I thought it was terrible. Well, Publicly. Again, don't, don't see too many people, and we're going to get back to it, which is a sensitive point for a lot of people, laying the boot into Kevy right now and what's going on. And well, who would you rather? They've changed the narrative there about that situation compared to when Seabull was there. But again, what you're saying, agendas and the situation being taken on its merits... Yeah, I'm in that Kevy zone at the moment. Yeah, well, I'm not going to get in it, but I'm just making the point. But I just, yeah, this for me, Sharks fans, let us know there's a couple out there, but it really surprised me. And again, they're saying like he's the lowest paid coach, he sent the other, but unknown, bigger money, three years, so, moved on five rounds in. Like this, this to me is unprecedented in the way. Do you think Fitzgibbon asked for an early, early release? No. I don't think the Roosters would, much like the O'Brien situation. Last year, he knocked back St. George. Saying, I'd be shocked if he's not there in a month, I'll be ha- honest with you. I don't think he will be. I think the Roosters and the way Robinson that work, that's a good way to get yourself struck out. Um, we both know a story about behind the scenes at the Roosters in a different situation where someone's signed uh, mid-season or during part of a season and was basically out, told yeah. to pack their shit and leave because they'd made a commitment elsewhere um, in the middle of what they were doing. Mm. O'Brien, the word was, and again, no guarantees there, but they were filthy with the way... He'd come on board for three years and said he was going to see it out. And in less than 12 months in the first season in, he was already jumping ship. And Craig Fitzgibbon said he wanted to see out the contract, which ends at the end of this season. So I'm sure he's a man of his word. They've just inducted him as a life member. He's highly respected by the Roosters, Robinson, Nick Politis. So I don't see any change happening there. Their focus will be on doing their thing. And I think the Sharks will do what they're doing. But as far as the focus and what you're bringing up, they've now put him in charge. So I'm assuming he's going to have some say in the contract side of things. It's going to be hard to keep your head in those two spaces when you've got the whole year to work your way through this as compared to when people sign later in the year or it's closer to the back end of a season or after Is this also, Cronulla, that you're basically writing off your year? Well, so that's my, we, that's can't, my we can't well. do anything because we're just going to get rid of the coach. You're throwing the season down the road. I don't think they're somehow going to come out every week and go, we're doing it for Johnny. Like Wade Graham, Sean Johnson, a lot of people have spoken about the last few days and basically said as much as been poorly handled and it needs to be sorted out and um, yeah I, I'll be very interested to see how this works for the next few weeks there might be some fire and brimstone this weekend in reaction but as far as how it pans out over 24 rounds very interesting um, yeah didn't think I was going to see something like this happen but Steve Mace and Dino Mezzatesta uh, their direction trying to turn things around, want to be a powerhouse, have brought a lot of money into the club, made some changes, and uh, this is certainly a bold move. That's for sure. Yeah. But only time will tell. 
Tackle two in our set of six. That was tackle number one, the John Morris thing. If you've joined us for the first time or you're here, as always, for the fifth and last, you know the set of six. Six topics, opinions, anything we want to talk about. Tackle two is the Dragons. Four in a row. Massive win on the weekend over the Paramount Eels, who are heavily favoured. But I think something that's underlying here and probably needs to be spoken about, we all mentioned in the past with Millwood and a lot of contracts and a bit of imbalance there, Hunt. Big money, Norman, big money, very heavily invested in their forward pack, still waiting for Jack DeBellin to come back. But with Griffin and Harron and a couple of guys that have come in on board this year, they've made some real smart business in the sense of getting guys that they think they can get value out of compared to other clubs with them chipping in, which now with Maguire officially signing today is up to a million dollars worth that they're not paying for on their roster in players such as a Jack Bird, who's been okay so far and he seems to be getting some confidence back. McCulloch. Well, I think Bird and McCulloch, is, they, there's no question that they're talented. They just need to stay on the field. Yeah, and when you've got someone paying almost half Because the teams are moving them on because they're not playing mm. and they're on a lot of money. Yeah, bad contracts. But yeah. when you're the beneficiary, he goes, we'll yeah, take yeah, him for this Yeah, beneficiary while ever they're on the field. Mm. And at the moment, they're on the field playing good footy. And the Dragons are flying. They're playing great footy. But given their situation, roster-wise... I said I needed to see them beat a good side. They didn't just beat Parramatta. They, they built a Parramatta. Parramatta. But again, it's also smart when you can sit there and go, there's value on this player. They may may not say it, injury, form, age or whatnot, but we see value there for what we can get them for. And they've done it with four guys here up to the value of a million dollars. Maguire yet to be seen, but again, between McCulloch, Bird, Alvaro would have been a smaller fish as far as that, but they get what they want out of him off the bench and Paramount is paying for it. So yeah, between those four players and the fact they didn't recruit heavily and they're a bit hamstrung at the top end, it's working out really well for them. They're maximising their salary cap, getting guys in, getting value, and obviously a lot of guys that weren't playing good football seemingly have found their confidence in turning things around. But more importantly, they've been soulless for the last two years after being so rock solid when they had that really, really good run with that forward pack and a lot of guys playing origin and were so good defensively. That defence has come back. And one thing we've said about Hook, anytime we've spoken about him, there's one thing we do know. Fundamentals and the basics are most important, but particularly defence. All of it is just defense. Yeah. All the simple shit that is free, as you say all the time, the small effort areas, line speed, contact, scramble from the inside, double efforts, working from marker, kick pressure, all the tiny shit is all he cares about. He's not worried about massive attacking plays or heaps of big strategy. If you do all the small stuff right, and especially defense, as we know, you win half your games off the back of that. And attack and other things come off the confidence that you get through your defense through hurting people or restricting them in yardage or starting to turn around a field position battle and, and dominate a game that way. So for them, you're not seeing too much complicated in attack, but they're certainly building everything off the back of really good defense. Yeah. So it's a good start to the year if you're a Dragons fan and surely a lot more confidence after seeing what they saw in the weekend against Parramatta have obviously been highly touted with their first few weeks. Tackle three. Last team left undefeated, the Penny Panthers and the Dogs, the last team without a win. After five rounds in, we've got one end of the spectrum to the other, but I dare say we think there's a huge gap between the top and the bottom, and even, I guess, as we kind of knew at the start, the top few sides and the rest of them under them. But I, I think the gap, especially with the injuries now, has gotten even bigger in between those tiers. I think Penrith right now are absolutely out on an island all on their own. And while you've got the Roosters and Melbourne, who've had Harry Grant finally come back in, Finucane still missing a couple of those guys... They're sort of sitting on an island with a Parramatta who were getting all those raps who just got beaten by the Dragons. Newcastle have lost a lot of players. The Titans have had a couple of good wins, a couple of losses that probably don't reflect so well, but just going down 
the latter, I guess. I think it's as far apart from top to bottom as it may have ever been after the first five rounds. Yeah, it's certainly. And Canberra. Looking that way, isn't it? Yeah, it's very segregated. It's very tiered. Results, scores like this early. Like I know it's easy to look at the draw and say, okay, well, a lot of the bottom sides are playing the top tier sides early on, but even some of the top teams playing each other and the results we've seen haven't been quite what you would have expected so far. No, it's true. Yeah, so, I, I think you're going to see really, really good games when sort of the top 10 play each other. But when the top sort of four or five play the bottom, mm. probably three, you're going to see some really ugly results. And I, I think that's probably what we've seen so far. But that's footy. Yeah, no doubt about that. Tackle four. Jake Friend and Michael Morgan retirements. And again, these were after our show last week, but what a great career for both those players. Jake Friend, yeah, obviously. Gone too early. Rough start. Um, some off-field stuff, but stuck at it. Clean his act up. Always was in the inkling there for rep football and leading from the front. We spoke about it. Always seemed to have got injured at the wrong time or when the door was open for him, always just seemed to miss out. But he finally got those jerseys. He got one kangaroo jersey and got that cap under his belt, which was so well-deserved. And then last year, he got to play Origin, probably not the peak yeah, of his powers, but he certainly busted his ass, and they mm-hmm. won the unwinnable series that most people said. So that, on top of a couple of premierships, he was an absolute, just rugged competitor for the oh, Roosters yeah. for all those years. All the small stuff we talk about again, all those free effort areas, kick chasing, defense, working his ass off. When Robinson got there, he challenged him, told him how to kick into his game, try to expand a little bit more, but... You know, 20 head knocks, you can't blame him. The advice they gave him, they've done the right thing. And now that he's got a child, he's made the right decision. But he's had a hell of a career. Absolutely. Hell of a player. Yeah, and no, Michael... He'll go down as one of the greatest roosters of all time. He's the greatest roosters hooker of all time, I reckon. Yeah, well, I don't go as far back, so I don't really know. But in the times that I've been alive, what was the other premiership Craig, Craig hooker? Green. Simon Benetti was hooker when you won. Simon Benetti, yeah. Early doors. I don't remember how long he was there for. Wingy kind of played a bit of everything, not just nine. Yeah prior to that and it's yeah long time with Jake Friend over a decade there I think so. it's Friend and Daylight don't recently. know about all those other years back being a foundation club but I'm sure again there's some older Roosters fans out there that listen to the show that might have somebody they can throw into the mix but Michael Morgan similar deal a uh, guy that I got to play against he was a freak coming to the juniors trained with a full time NRL squad from when he was 17 retired at 29 but I guess the real cruel thing is we saw glimpses of his class over the years and then we saw it fully explode with Thurston getting injured in that 2017 finals run where he was just absolutely outstanding. Good contributions for Queensland. Awesome World Cup for Australia that year capping off that awesome year in grand final run but from that point onwards was never healthy again. Off-season surgery, 18, groin, shoulder, the shoulders had reoccurrences and every year for the last few years a lot of us have put them at the bottom of the eight or just outside the eight, banking on the fact that we we're going to see that Michael Morgan. And unfortunately, from 2017 onwards, the health just never returned. It's deteriorated. And this situation is very, very rare. And the infection that he got is even rarer. But it's sad that from that point onwards, what we saw in that potential, it was awesome while we got to see it. In the grand final moment, you could never take off him, all those things. But we never really got to see it in full flight for maybe a couple of seasons like we would have if he did not get struck down by injury. So... It's disappointing the last few years to see what he's had to have gone through, but still a hell of a career for what he achieved up to that point. Again, first ever Cowboys Premiership, Queensland Origin Series, World Cup, Australian Caps, hundred only 166 games over that time because of all the injuries, but achieved everything. So, yeah, it's disappointing for 
huge hole for the Cowboys. Like, like they, they would have just thought he was he's a natural successor to Thurston. And let him on that run to the to the grand final, and then since then it's just never, been all downhill. Never yeah. been on the field. So terrible. It, when you invest in a player, like we say all the time, clubs obviously don't bank on that happening. But that is your worst nightmare when you transfer your marquee money into a player that shows that, and you think like, holy shit, we've hit the jackpot. He's going to be everything and more of what we hope for. And from that point onwards, every off-season, you've got a surgery or an injury or an issue you're managing and you're constantly putting him back on the operating table waiting for him, mm. hoping that he's going to get back to that point. And unfortunately for him, it hasn't panned out that way. Um, and for the Cowboys, we talk about it now, they wouldn't have banked on that. They obviously let Clifford go. They're not sure about Drinkwater. Arcee debuted last year, not playing right now. They've got a massive question in the halves. And given the situation contract-wise, who's moved on and now... Morgan retired, which is a hole you don't want to have. No, so um, so they're going to have to make some decisions fairly quickly. Knowing Even teams that, with their halves are, you know, with halves mm, are struggling to get yeah. performances out of their halves. Exactly, or in development, bring them through. So when you lose two, even if you weren't sold on Clifford, and now someone you've been waiting on, it's a big oh, gap man. to be filling, trying to get two there. Very, very difficult. So. I don't know if that changes the way they look at the drink water situation in terms of how badly they want him to stay, whether you know they see him as a long-term half or just like we said, the, the fact of availability and who's out there. Or will they step up their campaign for a Reynolds or Peyton's worked with the Brooks or Moses who have both been names mentioned around him? I think this is obviously a situation that's definitely accelerated for them right now. And yeah. Roos is the same boat. Moving forward, Verrill's having the extra clean-outs on his knee. Guys coming to their system. Thomas Deakin from SG Borg on an NRL trial not long ago. Um, but with Verrills having these problems, Deakin being a fair way away. Lussick now with a broken arm, I think it is, after the weekend. They've got a huge hole there to fill. Massive. Marshke's got a late debut, and his brother Jesse was named this weekend in case to probably share some time with Kieran. But you look at who's available, who's at other clubs, or who you could buy right now, there's absolutely nobody that you can really go get. And if I'm sitting there with the top of my head right now going, who's got multiple hookers? There's only really two clubs I'm looking at. Melbourne, who no one's getting Brandon Smith early, and they've basically already came out and almost resigned to play the full year next year now by the sounds of it because no one's going to give them the value or what they're looking for to move him on. Um, and in the other situation, I look at the Raiders and say, well, they've got Hodgson. They kept Harvey, who they used as a hooker, utility forward, and they've got Tommy Starling. Tommy Starling chose that situation over multiple other ones to stay there, but they're certainly not going to let someone like that go to the Roosters, even if the Roosters did come knocking. <laughs> so there's, yeah. there's not really many options. A lot of pieces, isn't there? No, nah, but there's not really many options out there if you did need to find a hooker right now. So mm. definitely a big hole, but uh, a big congratulations to those two guys. And I think we've spoke about this before. It's going to become more common with this era coming up. With the way medicine and technology is, and in particular in the department of Jake Friend's situation with the head knocks, if things are looking dicey with the information we have available now, and we're still only just scratching the surface, I think we're going to see a lot more people in that path when it comes to the neurological side of things and brain health retiring in the near future. Yeah. So, one to look out for. Tackle five, something that's divided people over the week, and we were there in the atmosphere, which is absolutely outstanding. The Panthers. Confidence, arrogance, ego. As a coach, what do you think? What incident are we talking about specifically? I think people think in general that, you know, there's a lot of people that uh, in particular talk about, say, someone like a Luai who likes to chin a little bit. 
Um, it gives a fair bit out, and then the Crichton situation that kind of started with that. Oh, I didn't. Play. I didn't like the Crichton. There's a lot of talk about people that they're quite brash and overconfident, and they talk a lot. And they, you know, some people say it's just swag. Some people say it's arrogance and overconfidence. They're not arrogant. I look at it this way, and again, it's they're not, not overconfident. It's not they're, my they cup might of tea. Be cocky and yeah. lippy, and but if you're going to be that winning, way, back it up. And they're back right up. now. They've lost one and had a draw out of their past. But there will, there will come. Games. Understand when you behave like that, there will come a time where yeah. it's going to blow back on you. And that's or, what I would say. During your career, there will be a point, say five years down the road, where maybe a Luai or someone has injuries or has a bit of a flat spot where other people are going to give it to him. There will be return of serve, yeah, or they might lose players and have a run down the road where Penrith aren't so successful and yeah. if you're some of those guys yeah you can have your cake and eat it at times but there will be a return of serve at some point I'm sure but for now I look yeah, at yeah the, the Crichton one I didn't like because you're involving the other team and you're overtly trying to belittle them or whatever you're trying to do yeah and you, you, you escalated I, I didn't it like it if the... you're celebrating and talking like there's talk Penrith players will talk but all of the the opposition players are talking as well yeah Penrith get the last laugh because they win more often than not at the moment. But when you're involving other players from the opposition that weren't involved to start with or didn't go to out of their way to become involved, mm. I, I don't like it. I don't, I don't think that's sportsmanlike. Well, given the way they were winning and the circumstances, it wasn't required that he grabbed the no. and He kind of had a smile almost but it is like... it the worst thing in the world. No. no. And he... I, I would dare say that Ivan probably didn't like it either, so... I think he sort of smiled in the sense of almost like, you know, it's a bit of good fun, but it obviously escalated. Oh, if, escalated if, I, was, if I was him, I, I would be pissed off. So, I, I didn't see the press comments, but I think some people asked Ivan or might have brought it up. I think he was saying like the crowd involvement and the Viking clap and the whole thing was, you know, pretty crazy. Yeah, um, it was funny. Being there, being a neutral, I thought the atmosphere reminded me of 03. I, I can't remember anything close to it and said at the time, when you're in the heartland of rugby league or out in an area like this, when things are going well, people turn up. Yeah. And right now, not only are things going well, but they're a great team to watch. There's a reason to want to go. We went to Thursday night footy the other week, which usually you could have stood anywhere you wanted, sat any chair you wanted, and it wouldn't have ever been an issue a few years ago. Thursday night football was packed out and we barely got to stand on the hill. Yeah. So, um, if you're a Panther fan right now, or you're one of these people that doesn't really like going to games, they're a great team to watch live. Why things are going well and why things are flying high. If you don't like going to games, you should bang your head on the table. Exactly. Enjoy it while it lasts, and especially at grounds like Penrith. We grew up, again, even as neutrals, not being Penrith fans, always used to go to Saturday night games with the old man. And same deal, he doesn't support anyone. He's not a diehard of things, but that atmosphere and being around it, uh, there's not many of them left. And Penrith Stadium certainly is a great place to stand on the hill. Yeah. Have a beer and watch the football. So, why things are going this way, get involved. Yeah. It's good value being on the hill. So, yeah, bit of a mixed opinion for some people there. But as, good value, mate. As a coach, I'm similar to you. I, I don't like what happened with the Tapine situation. But on the other flip side, if you're going to be a bit lippy and a bit brash and have a bit of aggression about you, as long as you back it up, I'm fine with it. And mm. right now, mate, they are backing it up. So as long as they keep doing that and up Ivan, I'm fine with it. And the last one, tackle six, we will do our power rankings. And we'll jump straight into those. Brought to you by the Penrith Solar Centre. And what defence have you got in place against the nasty situation of rising power bills? Penrith Solar Centre is Western Sydney's leading solar specialist. And whilst you have little control over your team's outcome, their expert team are devoted to giving you control of your power bills back 
Let the sun work for you, your home, and your back pocket today. Save thousands per year in your energy bills. Contact the team at Penrose Solar Centre today, 1800 20 2930, to discuss how they can make you the real winner this season or jump onto the website www.penrithsolar.com.au. Number one, Boxhead. Panthers. Pretty straightforward, I yes. think, that one. Who have you got at number two? Rabbitohs. Same again, Rabbitohs. Pretty self-explanatory. Number three. Roosters. Okay. Well, I've gone the Storm at number three for now. Number four. Storm. I've got the Roosters. Who do you have number five in your power rankings? I have... Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The the Raiders. I've also got them at five, and these next few got a bit dice with me, given results, and people say this team beat that team, vice versa, etc. But number six. Uh, Titans. Well, I've got Parra down to six because up until the weekend they were undefeated. Um, but obviously a loss that the bookies didn't see coming. And again, like you said, they didn't just lose. They lost heavily. But mm. I think more of it, no offense to Dragons, has got a lot to do with playing style and them getting away from what works. But Dragons were outstanding. Who's your number seven? Dragons. I've got the Dragons at number seven as well. Great win, four in a row. And uh, got that big scalp as we talked about in the weekend. And number eight? Eels. I've got the Titans at eight. Back in, good win on the weekend. Uh, Newcastle, again, missing some troops, but this weekend, is it the... Manly. Who, who you got this weekend? Man, oh, that's what we're, we're in mudgy, bro. What am I talking about? I've completely forgot. I think you we're got, in mudgy, mate. Is it South the week after? I'm looking forward to that game. South. I'm looking yeah. to see him come up against a, a bigger side again, and hopefully... We're going to be in mudgy, mate. Hopefully they come off the back French after a couple of wins. What's the best pub in mudgy? That's what we want to know. Oh, I like the Orient. We haven't really... We don't really... Uh, Not since it got clashed up. We've been to a few joints here or there. We'll be, we'll be out, on, out and about on Friday night. But we've generally been connoisseurs of the Soldiers Club. Soldiers Club. Pop was it? the president there for yeah. years, and that's where he goes. So anyone in Mudgee, and I know we've got a few Mudgee listeners. Yeah. We want, a, we want a few tips, mate. We've been to the Orient, but where else could we Kelly's go? Kelly's Irish, I think, is the Waratah now. Where's the go on a Friday night for a couple of lads... To Just to go and have a couple of beers, mate. The answer right now is a pineapple. It may be a pineapple. We need to daiquiri. know who will be the premiership winner. Part <laughs> somewhere where we can get... Mudgy, uh, the Mudgy Dragons had their 100, um, 100-year celebration. Yeah, when? Last weekend. So well, shout out to the Mudgy Dragons it, family. It must all be happening around similar time. Oh, yeah. One of my old roommates, Berkery, I spoke today. He's at the Gunner Guy Tigers. And I think they had their 100-year celebration on the weekend as well. Orient, the, Orient's a good feed. It wasn't mad. Kelly feed. Kelly's Irish pub is the um is the old Waratah. Well, again, Club Mudgee Paragon. Nah. Anyone who's up there, or you've been there, or you frequent the area, Friday night football. Where's the best place to be? Yeah. Let us know. 
because we'll be there for And don't tell me the answer is a pineapple. And if you are up there for that game or you are, let us know where you live in the area. Come have a scoot army. Let us know Come where. Come have a scoot army. And, and feel free. I'll, I'll even talk to you. Tab tickets and scooters. <laughs> He's on holidays. He'll break out of his He'll break out of his show. He might even say hi. I'll talk to you, mate. <laughs> I'll talk to you. Not for long. Lawson Park Hotel, yeah. I'll Not probably tell you to buzz off. <laughs> Not for long, but he'll talk to you. I'll belt you. Uh, well, there you go. That wraps up the set of six for that this should have been num- That should have been tackle number six. Tackle number six. Well, it was. It was mixed in. The best pub in Magic. With the power rankings. I forgot to post it up today, but I will put it up. Your power rankings for this week. Again, it's been some good discussion. Healthy chat with people between... The Lawson the Park Hotel, I think that's where I want to go, mate. All right. Well, reviews of the games from the weekend. South Broncos, 35-6. to six. Uh, Like a lot of games the last few weeks, pretty self-explanatory. If I do say so myself, what were your thoughts on this game? It was poo. I thought the Rabbitohs were you know, playing with their food. Well, Brisbane, I don't know, man. Are they improving? Well, again... The narrative seems to have changed is, this year. Every time yeah, they lose, with a lot of people who were laying the boot in the other way are saying, "Well, I do see signs of improvement." And it's hard to see in the scoreline. No, I see a similar play. team. They're playing without confidence. They I don't have the key thing. position players. They 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 leak points in in, in bunches in bunches. Yeah, got no resilience. Yeah, same old uh, stuff. It's the same thing, and it's getting. Are they playing with more effort? Yeah, okay. Because you're comparing them to the end of last year. Yeah, end of last year they were all out of gas. I think um, and, South... and they had some shit leaders in that side that are now gone. Mm. I think agree with you. I think South, much like a Melbourne, a lot like a lot of teams that played on the weekend, almost get disinterested in the contests that aren't a co- exactly that, a contest. Yeah. I thought South were very loose. There was way too many kicks on early plays. Every time they made a half break or a semi break or a part break, it's, there was a lot of kicks on play two, three, and four. I thought if they take a play of the ball or they go again, they score. And one was an example of one of the early tries where they took a play of the ball. I think it was play five. Went straight back to their left-hand side, Brisbane's right, where New, Milford, etc., all those guys are, and created just a simple three on two. Scored last play. Yeah. Like, if you kept doing that and ditched the kicks and the shit football, it could have been 50, 60 points. But they definitely played with their food. Um, as far as, again, players, like Latrell obviously was outstanding. Cook was out probing again. But, like, everyone did well. Tom Burgess ran for 250 metres. Campbell Graham... Probably had his best game of the year. Gagai, Benji filled in well, did a good job. Like In games like that, it's pretty much a standout affair for all players. So uh, For South, I think they got a lot out of it, except a little bit better for and against again. Probably haven't maximised those for and against situations so far, though. The Bulldogs won, they got 38 zip out of, but, you know, 35-6, Manly game, they only won by, say, 12 points or 14 points, what it was. But um, I guess on the flip side, a bit like last year, Wayne Bennett doesn't like to peak early. They're doing enough. You see enough signs or enough positives there. Missing Cody Walker. Benji comes in, does a job. Hawkins gets a debut. They've still got a couple of guys that they can roll in and out. He'll be more worried about firing absolutely all guns blazing like last year when we are all shell-shocked when they pumped the Roosters by 58 before the finals. So um, early doors, no real concern. But for Brisbane, where to from here, I'm pretty sure, and without looking earlier today about the lineups, everyone was rumouring that there's going to be heavy changes this week. Milford would finally be out of the side, but even on that situation, there's been mixed messaging from Keddie. One week, it's, you know, I'm, I'm backing him, and I know he can do this and that, and another week, he hasn't played too well. Last week, it was, would he get a contract right now? I don't know, but we'll talk about it further. Like, it's it's been, a, I just think, similar to what we've spoken about again, and even with the Fafita situation, or any questions every week. Just talk less, simple answers, worry about coaching, 
Don't talk about recruitment. Don't talk about the players that have been poached and everyone's trying to steal our players. We must have good players. Just don't talk. Mm. Just coach. Because all it's doing is giving reason for people to talk about it. So, just my opinion. Warriors versus Manly, 13-12. They get their first win of the season. And I think for the Warriors, very disappointing. Yeah, Manly with a better side. Definitely. Deserve to win. Warriors, uh, probably a game they could have pinched. Yeah. And after a real positive start, a lot of injuries have crept in. They jagged one against the Raiders at the back end there. Lost Fanua Blake, which seemed to be a minor injury they hoped at the start, now possibly for the whole year. They're not too sure about so Things have gone from bad to worse. I think one of the only real positives is they got Reese Walsh early finally from the Broncos, so they can get him working with Sheck for the rest of the year. But they buy him, key signing, injured. You get over Ewan Aiken, injured. Chanel Tavita Harris is the first option in the halves, gets injured. They've had a, a few guys. Bunny Afal got suspended, was playing well. Just it's not really going to plan, that's for sure, so mm-hmm. far for the Warriors. And there's been a couple of good efforts. There's been a couple of poor efforts. But I guess on the flip side for Manly, they've been hit with the injury bug. They've been playing quite poor, but they finally dug in the other night and they got the job done. Yeah. And Tom comes back this week. Some good signs again from young guys like Schuster. Cherry Evans iced the game and stood up to the way he should be playing football. And I think LAA's been a positive the whole way through. He was good again on the weekend. So yeah, good player. There's some okay signs there. Um, and coming into the Titans this weekend with Tom back. We get to see Turbo, mate. Hopefully we don't see him on the Friday night. They're racing people through the centre of Mudgee. <laughs> it's if a he, pretty long straight. If Tom wants a foot race, I will give him one. I'll give you We'll one. see who goes first. His hamstrings or my ACLs. I'll give him a 3K time trial around the, around Mudgee. Nah, me and him will have a... That's about where I'm at. Well, he can be tall and skinny. I'll be fat and short. We'll have a sprint. Quicker, quickest over 40, mate. I'll back my little Fred Flintstones to wind up quicker than the long yeah. legs. But we'll see who blows out first. Will it be my ACL or his hamstring? Probably his hamstring, I would imagine. <laughs> I'd probably agree with you. Kick. But, uh, um. Yeah. Really, really like what I see from Schuster. No surprise for the Warriors. One of the constants every week, and he's leaving, and I love watching him. Sheck. Outstanding. Mm. Um, but, yeah, disappointing loss for them, I'm sure. Nathan Brown and that club be scratching their head a little bit, especially now if Fanil Blake's out long-term with the injury toll they've already had, and I'm sure if things, unfortunately, get a bit harder as far as player availability still being here and the situation, again, about possibly going back to New Zealand now with the travel bubble. Um, that there'll be some guys pretty keen to get back to New Zealand, which is one thing, if you're winning and stayed healthy, I thought that'll keep them on board. But to get some injuries early and a couple of losses, hopefully things don't uh, head down the toilet for us. That's my main concern. But we move on from that one. Panthers Raiders, 30 to 10. Canberra started okay. Penrith were pretty poor. But overall, there was 30 errors in the game between both teams. There was plenty of physicality, which covered up for that side of things, I guess, and plenty of fire. But... um, why it was a poor start for Penrith, we saw last year after talking about they've led all these games they've never been behind. The first two games they got behind him were both the finals games. They clawed their way back and they did yeah. the same thing here. And there's been some talk that, you know, Charles Nickel Clogstab was a big loss, which he was, and that reshuffled that edge, which left them frail. But Penrith, I thought, once they kicked into gear, just went after him and in particular just kicked their ass to the middle. Uh, Lainu, Fish, those kind of guys, they rolled with ease. Halves. Usually so left side dominant, obviously got to attack a bit more on the right. Burton's fill-in there has been absolutely seamless and the quality of movement by him pre-pass to get himself into that space. Momorowski, a few more errors than you'd like the other night, but he's proved to be a real good buy so far and a quality player, as 
he was at the Roosters, but he's obviously had to hop around a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I think there's plenty of good signs there for Penrith. And again, just they're a joy to watch, to watch those young halves play together and how well they complement each other. And still no RP Chorus out there. And Crichton did a solid job at the back. But um, there's just a lot to like about Penrith. For Canberra, I think we saw similar to what we talked about the first few rounds, which I've mainly picked on, is the attack. And I'd hate to say it, but it sort of reminds me pre-Josh Hodgson getting injured where I think he sort of stagnates things a little bit too much or plays a little bit too much with the ball and slows things down. They played really, really well without him there when it went to George and Jack because it was pretty much simple. They rolled the middle. They played early to the edges. They gave time and space to a guy like Jack to decide whether he wants to run or pass. I feel like now Hodgson at times doesn't give the ball early enough. I think he's trying to dictate way too much around the nine and the ruck, and they're not getting the sort of early ball, which the strength of both those players is run first. So I, I don't know. That's something they're going to have to work through. But um, he also didn't have a happy night. He came off with a hip injury himself, and I know he's back, coming back from a major injury, but that, that sort of hasn't worked itself out quite the way I thought it would after a few weeks and a full pre-season to go. Mm. And, and I don't think we've seen the best of Jack or George because of this issue right here, right now. I, I thought it would have balanced out after watching last year going, okay, we can make it all the way to the prelim without Josh. Maybe I don't need to do as much. Maybe I can give a little bit more to both my halves and we can play all three-thirds of the field. But it seems that he's come back into me that he's trying to dominate way too much in the middle. And it's sort of causing a bit of a short circuit to both the halves. Yeah, it's a fair comment. So, yeah, some Canberra fans might Pears disagree is, with that. They love Hodgson, but if you watch closely, I think you might see, again, some of the issues that I'm talking about. They, they need to sort that out. Needs to be better work between the spine. Chan's now also. He's gone for twelve weeks. For possibly time. long. That that's a big injury, big injury. Why? Again, Huge. Not the greatest contributor in terms of creativity and ball playing, energy, carries, tackle breaks, always around the football. He's just an absolute live wire in that regard and a worker. And we saw Rapana cooked after 40 or so minutes. They signed Aikens from Penrith, who's a worker. They'll play, they'll play Caleb Aikens, though. Not to the standard, obviously, a, a, a chance or an well, impact of chance. but that, do we know? He works hard uh, in Cup, and he worked hard at Penrith. His debut for Penrith, I'm pretty sure he ran for 300 metres. So, yeah, he'll fill in, but... Um, yeah, they've named Aikens at one. The other injury. Who was the other one who went off on the weekend? Someone else went off for camera. Don't know. I can't remember now. It's... Someone, no, it was someone at the centres, wasn't it? Because they reshuffled. Elliot Whitey went at the centres. Sorry. I don't know. It's too late. It's 10.30. I've lost my mind, but for Canberra, got some issues to work out there, but yeah, all over. Atmosphere was awesome. Game was, was awesome. It Chris? Maybe it was Chris. I think it was Chris. Because they did have a bit of a reshuffle. Croker went out to the wing. Elliot went to the centres. I remember that because they went straight after him. Yeah. And I think it was that edge, so. Well, one of, yeah. No, sorry, Croker. Yeah. Might have been Chris. But, yeah, Panthers, uh, like we said, why scrappy and that completion rate was terrible. Once they get into a groove, they certainly run away with games. Yeah. Plenty of good signs. And uh, Canberra, thought Hudson, Papali, a couple of those guys were pretty solid. But overall, uh, I thought Penrith, the much better side, but 30 errors. And that completion rate, I didn't actually kind of realise while we were there live that there was that many errors. I think yeah. the aggression, the intent in the game and the crowd might have covered up a little bit for... Yeah. And six schooners. That sort of thing. Yeah, that too. That helps. Bit of the old, I was uh, focusing on where my next beer was, mate. Bit of the lager, mate. It was a long line. Yeah. Titans Newcastle. 42-6. You have to be happy with that. 
Yeah, it was good. But they're on demand. Yeah. And that was the story of the day. Um, Titans were, were good. Better. Not perfect, but better. Uh, and Newcastle needed to be perfect or near perfect, and they weren't. No. They're on demand and got slapped down. That's twice the Titans have really given them a good touch-up at um, at Seabus. Last round last year and then early doors this year, so... Cousin Gary, cop that. That's two and zero for me. If you're a Newcastle fan, you're going to be more concerned the fact that you lose key players, you're running a bit short. That's all well and good. So you probably don't expect as much fluidity in your attack and what you're going to do without spine players, without dominant players. But you at least expect effort. And when you see that sort of defense and the effort and the way that game panned out, you're probably not happy. Yeah. Um, it's one thing to go, yes, we're under man, but you don't expect to be getting forty put on you. And luckily for them, they get a few troops back this week. I'm pretty sure there was talk that best Jacob Safedi and Mann would be back on board. But, um, yeah, you definitely don't want to go from those sort of injuries and go, okay, we are a bit frail, but hopefully rock up here and we, we give a good showing of ourselves and then just get absolutely towed up. But in particular, they jumped the edges. They obviously got them on the right a couple of times, then went back to the left. Fafita had an absolute field day with that new edge with obviously all the injuries who weren't exactly defending the best together and they got to isolate poor Connor Watson a few times and skip past Pongo with ease, who wasn't too keen to jump right in front of him, but he had a field day, um, as you'd expect, in a blowout like that with plenty of good go forward and early ball. Yeah. Um, Jared Wallace had a really, really big day. Haven't said that for a while. He seems to be finding some of his best footy, Peachy. Um, they're, they're, again, in situations like this when you win by this sort of score, and there's generally a lot of good players and a lot of contributors, so... Uh, look forward Some to watching good games on Friday night too. Mm. The Storm this weekend, playing the Roosters. Mm. That should be good. But Speaking so, of the Storm, we spoke of the Titans. We get to watch them this weekend. Yeah, Imagine. baby. So Manly getting Tommy back. Good time. Hopefully they at least put. I'm going to pull out a retro Titans jersey. I reckon as well. Hopefully we get a good game. I'm going to go and crack my bag out and do see you... the dirtiest Titans old Titans jersey I've got. The question is, do you want a good game or do you want a bloodbath? I want a bloodbath. I want to see Titans win by 60. You want to be like... And I want, to, I want to get liquid and abuse everybody. <laughs> I want to, yeah. Uh, see, the you, disaster for me would be a close loss. So like when I went with you when they played Parramatta in the prelim? Was that close? I don't remember. No, it, was, it wasn't, it wasn't it was a prelim. It was a, it was a semi-final. Scotty Prince took the two and we got beat 30-2 to two or... Twenty-eight. Pumped, to, right. We were hammered. I thought it was close. No, we lost him. We finished top four that year. Lost to Brisbane at home, and then played Para. Well, I got Bomb. my fingers, toes, and eyes, and everything crossed for you because you've come with me plenty of times to watch Melbourne tower someone up. I'd like to sit there and see you. I'll be reacting. less. I'll be less humble than you. Less. <laughs> <laughs> you look at me on the, even like grand final day. We went back to the bus last year. All those Panther fans, and they all they wanted to fight me, and they're like, "You barely reacting." I'm just like, "Well." Yeah, it's a bit harsh because I'm going home with all you, so I'm smart on that. But at the same time, sorry guys, it's just sorry guys, <laughs> it's almost become standard. This sorry to say, <laughs> sorry to say, this happens every couple of years. That's right. Uh, poor buggers. But speaking of the storm, fifty-two eighteen over the Bulldogs again. Hang on a second, I'm going to tell you the score in this game. We We're lost twenty-seven to two. Twenty-seven to two. That's yeah. odd. We got beat forty to thirty-two at home in finals week one. That was a really good game. If you want to go back Who'd and watch play? the game, Brisbane. At home, 2009 finals week one. Unbelievable game. It was a really good game of footy. Then Parramatta SFS. We kicked the penalty goal, led 2-0, got beat 27-2. Wow. Thanks, guys. That's rough. Yeah, it was rough. That's real rough. 
Yeah, not great. <laughs> well, Storm 52-18, speaking of rough over the Bulldogs, and again, didn't really think it was a quality game. Melbourne scored some easy points. Like You, you kind of get the inkling it's going to be a bad day when a back row crashes over from dummy half very early in the game. Yeah, um, but it was quite soft. And then from that point onwards, again, similar to what I talked about, South, when you're playing in a game where it's not really so much of a contest, maintaining focus and that ruthless streak just kind of go out the window on the discipline and we saw that with Munster running around pushing everyone and causing a fair bit of stir which similar deal I'm all for a bit of lip and a bit a bit of fun here and there but you're playing the Bulldogs you're not really achieving a whole lot like I'd much rather us just tear their arms off like Goro from Mortal, Mortal Kombat beat the shit out of them get out of there with some good for and against not trying to start fights with off a hickey Ogden and pushing people and yeah. Nelson coming in with a nice uh, nut punch he almost did a Fred Flintstone bowling action under Munster's legs to try and hit Ogden in the head and got put in the bin and rightfully so. Craig Bellamy was uh, dribbling like a mad bulldog behind a security gate Great. when they were losing it for 15, 20 minutes and they were losing in the second half if you look at the second half run for the first 15, 20 but obviously once they reeled their discipline back in and got going uh, found a couple easy tries. The the Pappenhausen chase inside Kyle Flanagan and put down was ridiculous. I keep saying yeah. every week he reminds me more and more of Billy. But what's dead set? Pap- uh, what's Flanagan doing there? Mate, I think he was running as fast as he could. He was on the treadmill. You're I right thought Pappenhausen was fast, but my Lord, Pappenhausen's had to swerve, get inside, get around, and find a way to ground that ball. I said, I, it's just Billy with a different haircut. It's honestly getting scary yeah. week by week watching him play. He's incredible. Mm-hmm. Harry, uh, okay, start back. You saw a little bit of the quality when he set up that try. Jumped out, kind of faked, drew a couple of guys in and played short, but rusty as you'd expect. Overall, it wasn't really a great performance, but it's you know pretty hard. A lot of people would say the same thing when Craig Bellamy is saying he's not happy at 52-18, but they'd be more disappointed with the discipline and the defence to let some of those tries in. Definitely. Um, others, again, similar to the Brisbane situation, saw they said they think they saw some green shoots from the Bulldogs. I think, again, when you're losing by 52, it's yeah, not ideal. Many, there weren't many green shoots there. Thompson brought a bit of spark. Avrilo had a couple of moments, but you don't want to be getting beat by 52 points. Sorry to say. So, there's not uh, not a whole lot more. Got the job on a technicality <laughs> from your mate Fergie. Andy Tate, for anyone who's never seen it. Manchester that's, United. That's Johnny Morris. Got the job on a technicality. <laughs> on the fact that Flannel got fired. Flannel recommended you. <laughs> you are nothing. <laughs> yeah, I feel. Oh, that's Andy Tate, life. Manchester United, hardcore. Go look at the video. It's when... Alex Ferguson retired and they gave the job to David Moyers on his recommendation and the results aren't good. So the super fan just every week they interview him outside the ground and he just... great. Do they still interview him now? He lets loose. I don't know. After a couple of years there, they were interviewing him and he wasn't coming as much. He's saying, you know, a bit of wear. Grafton. Grafton. Tickets are expensive, obviously, so he wasn't coming as much supporting the team. But my favourite part was... 4th of October 2020, Andy Tate. The headline is, they were an absolute disgrace. His best blow-up ever is the fact that when they hired David Moyers, they've just come off winning all these Premier League titles. Like, almost every second year or year, they're winning a title. And the next minute, he's sitting there going, you give and you give and you give to the club and you get nothing back. I'm like, nothing back? You fucking won everything. Yeah. You've dominated for like two decades under Ferguson. Yeah. The first year you have any sort of... You sound like a Storm fan. Downfall. Or a Patriots fan. Come mate, I didn't complain about the You give and you give to the club. And you get nothing back. That's a bit of Titans fan. Classic. 
Until now, bitches. Until now, bitches. Bring on Manly on the weekend. Uh, Roosters, Sharks. The, the Mudgy Murder. Oh, oh. He's, already ta- he's, already, he's already named it. I hope oh, like yeah. The Murdering Mudgy. We all know that you and the Manly fans have a hard, harsh relationship. Oh, so yeah. There'll be plenty there. Be Bring bit, it on. There'll be a bit of flack next week, I think. I'll be the bloke who smells like a beer coaster with a Titans jersey on. Excellent. Roosters, Sharks, 26-18. The Roosters just... Really come out flat in this one. Sharks jumped them, some good attack early on, put some points on. But I watched this the next day. I didn't know the score and was genuinely shocked that the Roosters won. Yeah, so was I. I couldn't believe the last I almost turned it off with 15 to go. Mm. Looked like it was done. Yeah. 18-4, not really throwing much. And We played uh, Saturday Arvo, so I wasn't home till late. And I sort of rolled in and did my own video and just sort of, oh, look, I'll... I watched the first two games as the minis. The Oh, sorry, I watched the Titans game and then watched the Dogs game as a mini and thought, no, I'll save Rooster Sharks. I haven't heard the score. Went to bed, hopped up Sunday morning. and Yeah, unbelievable. Great game of footy. Yeah, good game. Good game. But yeah, uh, unbelievable comeback from Just, the Chookies. I think the biggest turning point was, and of all people, Rory Hargraves. He's been, yeah, he's he was been good. A, he's been a bit loopy the first few weeks, and I'm seeing shades of that period in time where I'm thinking, oh, my God, they're going to move on from him. He's just lost the plot. He's been a bit ill-disciplined. He hit my uh, Chad late. He came on and gave one penalty. straight away, I'm sitting there yeah. going, oh, no, it's happening again. Then after that, he just took it upon himself to go, well, Jared. fuck this. I'm just going to put everyone Jared. on my back. He ran for over 200 metres. He dominated. They got on the back of him, um, and they found some love. Walker's passes... Incredible. People are talking about the long cutout where it was borderline obstruction, so he's done well to throw that and land it straight on the chest of the giraffe in Tupo. But that second pass to me showed more quality than any. You've got that on the out. You've only got a certain amount of time to shift your eyes. The guy was coming in harder and pressuring him on his inside. He saw that the centre and the winger were in, especially the wingers jumped in the line, and he's just done that nice little lob pass. Just nice harbour bridge over the outside there for Morris to score. Like, that is a quality pass. And Chad Townsend, that tackle that he missed when he cut back on the inside, wasn't a happy second half for poor old Chad. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't great. I don't know. But what's the whole thing afterwards? Have you seen yesterday? I haven't been able to watch a whole lot because of work, and I was late again today with work. But apparently Tedesco was saying he was giving it to Walker and he give it back, and Chad's yeah. come out saying what Tedesco said is absolute trash, etc. So I was like, okay, this is a bit uh, interesting. W- wouldn't think... To see Tedesco involved in a situation like this or Chad Townsend going after him, but you know anything about that? Yeah, I saw it. But, uh, yeah, who knows? Yeah, he's claiming the only person I had a crack at was Jerry Hargraves, who obviously tried to bury him into the SCG floor. But, yeah. Mm. I guess, again, if you're a Roosters fan and you've seen those signs that we've seen from Walker in a situation where in the last 20 he wanted the ball in his hands and he was willing to risk it to get the biscuit. There's a couple of those passes... Like, see Mitchell Moses try to throw the big rainbow pass to Sevo on Sunday, and he's playing for almost, you know, eight or nine years now and almost throw up five rows into the grandstand. Sevo's had to go up for it. Walker, under pressure, quick enough to realise the situation that, oh, no, my lead runner's about to go through. Pressure here, can't run. Boom, put it on a dime. And then the next one, quick outside, screw up, get your head around, three players, identify that a man's jammed and lob a nice harbour bridge out of the top as well as cut back on the inside shot like, you couldn't hope for anything more than what you've seen in the first two games. Some real positive signs. Yeah. Uh, but for the Roosters, you'd be stoked with that win, given the circumstances. Belter. Again, friend retiring, short on troops, Marsky playing on his second game. 
Radley linking with those halves, Tedesco working in. and You just talk about the leadership that's not on the field there right now with what they've lost. Yeah. Like Friends just retired after round one. Cordner not playing at all. Like it's just the transition so quickly. Kiri doing his ACL and being out for the year. They're, they're, yeah, they're well, well, well ahead of where I would think. And I also think Hutchison so far has been good with Walker. So I know they're talking about when Liam will be back, he'd more likely be the one to take over. But I guess the real question mark right now is what we just talked about earlier in the fact of the hooking situation. Farrell's is the one they obviously want to get healthy. Um, they want to really keep Radley in that role because he's so good in that 13 role. But I doubt they're going to persist the whole year or get to the finals campaign relying on Marsh Gary's twin brother, whether they think they can convert Kieran to play a little bit more minutes there and maybe share that role once Verrills is healthy. Yeah. Or they can get some on the market, which is obviously going to be hard. But that's a big point for them right now. I'm pretty sure that they want to address so. um Shark side of things, yeah. Turns out it's Morris's last game, and uh, you know they lost a couple of players early after start. Well, way Graham two knocks in a couple of weeks, which is another scary thing. Concussions. He said he's going to be a week to week proposition for now. And Josh Dugan copped the knock. Um, I thought for them again early doors. Will Kennedy the improvement he's made under Morris since he's debuted him and seen him through all those pathways. He's starting to really turn into a, a, a really quality number one. I don't know if he's off contract this year or he's got one more year under his belt, but I'm sure he's somebody that they're going to be looking to lock down. And it'll be interesting to see, similar again, now they've got a different coach, where they go with this. Because you were talking about Johnson earlier. Moylan's actually been playing okay in this new setup and they've, they've been quite good attack-wise in the way they've moved the football, but now you've got Kennedy at the back as well. So Johnson, Townsend, Moylan, Kennedy, like it, five doesn't fit into four. Mm. Well, sorry, four doesn't fit into three, etc. Or what? Where they're looking to go? They got Trindle there, who's a, a good player. Like there, there's, there's going to be some choices to make around that spine, in particular. In Actually, the short yeah. term, but once yeah. they're all back, yeah. For the Sharkies, uh, some people are saying, "Well, what if they beat the Roosters and they did this? Mm. Would it still happen?" I'm like, well, for me, if all these talks were going on, it was already well known. It, it doesn't seem to matter what the result was. This may have giving them a better situation PR-wise to sit there and go, well, look, see, it happened again. We lost to a top eight side after leading. This just kind of feeds into what they wanted to do. But regardless of whether they won or lost, it's not turned out too well. Just my opinion. But Yeah. Cowboys-Tigers, 34-30. There were some very angry fans at Leichhardt. And I basically declared it as morals last week with the history, the track record, Tommy Rodonikus... And said to you, even when we were sitting here, I think on the Friday, that like I've got an inkling that this is just going to be a smash up. Things have been so negative so far for the Cowboys. Tamalola was named to come back, pulled out of the game. They're back to the spiritual home. It's going to be packed. It's going to be a bloodbath. And they come out and probably play the worst first half of football they've played all year and go down 28 6. They were picked on. They picked apart in particular Nofaluma and that left edge of the field. They kicked him behind. They isolated him. They rolled. I just. I've got no idea how you dish that up. I'd, yeah, and given the circumstances, again, you thought there would have been so much just fire in the joint and, and just the simple stuff. And to come out like that and be down at half time, rightfully so, they'll boo. People are saying the booing's a bit harsh. If, if you turn up yeah. for that, you'd be. I'm not a booer. Absolutely but, filthy. Uh, I don't love it, but I, I respect the fact that fans were pissed because it wasn't great. Yeah, in the second half. They wrote some of the wrongs, but it was too late. Yeah. They found some opportunities. Second half was garbage time. 
yeah, they were coming after him late. They had one that was denied that some people complain about with the jet, but I think when you look back at it, it's the right call. Yeah. And I think the other thing, again, we're all happy to be unhappy so quickly. Now people are going, they've ruined the moment. I'm like, what do you mean they ruined the moment? Well, they're reviewing the try and it's been scored and then they come back and change. I'm like, well, last year, no tries got awarded. Everything went to the bunker. What's the difference? Mm. For the most part now, if it's clear, they just let it go. They're letting more go than what we had in the previous system. So if you're just looking for a reason to be unhappy all the time, well, fuck. Keep complaining. Yeah. But what do you want? They were unsure about it and you're saying they ruined the moment, but they made the right call. But if it was fine and they had nothing to look at, they just sort of move on. Yeah, they're probably checking one or two still that you think there's no need to look at it, but it's better than the old system where literally every single fucking try, basically, was almost a guarantee that we're going to send it to the bunker because we didn't want to be wrong. So some people just, yeah, you're happy being unhappy. Stop being... When you want to be a panda, you can find a reason to be a panda. Don't be glass half empty, be glass half full. Nothing's ever perfect, but it's better than what it was. Yeah. That's right. For the Cowboys and Todd Payton, oh, I didn't see the press conference, but I'm sure he had a bigger smile this week. And yeah. feeling a little more comfortable. I struggle to watch him. About the situation. Did you happen to see it? No. No. And for the Tigers, apparently it was what Michael Maguire didn't say this time. So usually he's a man of many words. Apparently he didn't have many words for that. So yeah, well. probably sums everything up. There's only so many times you can go to the well and blow up and kick and scream and... Um, from what he saw there, and then getting back to 34.30, he probably would have been shadow boxing until midnight, I think, in the bedroom with his shirt off. Yeah. Just I think you're right. Trying to punch Dance out some of that rage from what his team dished up. and I just don't know where you go to from here. I really don't. Saying that uh, their cup team's been playing well and he's going to roll some guys in, well... Go and play the Rabbitohs. That's, that's what you get. That's probably, you know, the way to go about it. If blokes aren't performing and you've got some guys going around in cup, well, we played them in cup on Roll Saturday, in. and they were they were good. Jake Simkin is one that I thought would have been at least playing off the bench. He'll probably get a look in this weekend. I think Jock Man, from what I've heard, had a couple of good Jock games. Jock was good on the weekend, yeah. So, you know, if you're not happy, I think Dewey's been okay, but they keep talking about Brooks and not being happy with him. Maybe fire a shot across the bow. Send him back for a couple of weeks and give Jock a debut. Ooh. Do something. Mm. The only real positive that they've had so far, consistently week to week, uh, that everyone's been happy about is obviously Dane Laurie, who's... Seems to be in a great buy right yeah. now, but yeah, I, I don't know where you go from this situation. But uh, yeah, Cowboys finally get a win. A couple more players, as we said, Morgan now retired. Tamala moved on. Interesting time for them to see if they make any moves now. That they've had a couple of guys move out of their squad, and what Payton does moving forward. But Tamala uh, had some words today, basically saying he's had a long-term relationship before. He took the head coaching role. Um, it's a back two-way street. What he says and what he takes back, he, you know, it goes both ways, and they're all committed. So, of course, uh, we'll see how that situation pans out. But for Madge, just keep shadow boxing, bro. Keep punch dancing out that rage. Nice. Yeah, and the Dragons, twenty-six twelve over the Parramatta Seals, um, bashed. Would be the best word I'd describe this. Just memberment. I thought they really got them good defensively. I love their edge defense. That edge in particular of Lomax and Ravalawa. That was banging, huh? When it comes to summing up, you know, three on threes or four on four, any sort of shift type of play, they are not negative at all. They do not hesitate. They just come in and they let you know about it. Ravalawa, just, he does have a shit dropping him every now and then, but my God, he irons people out. When he hits, you stay hit. And... 
it's like we said before, real simple game plan. Their forwards are playing well. Vaughan back in best form. The guys they've brought in, he's getting the best out of the bench. Alvaro, these sorts of guys doing a job. Sims the week before and again doing a real good job. Norman, Clunes filled in nicely. Bird's brought, you know, you can see some of that confidence. Dufty's playing his best football. There's just positives all around. He's getting the, the best out of a lot of guys that we haven't seen for a couple of years. And like we said, the best out of guys that were unwanted other clubs for a fraction of the price and getting chipped into the salary cap. Yeah. So, and everything's coming off the back of their defense. For Parramatta, you see the frustration of what we've spoken about multiple times before where they just, why do they have to score for every fucking play? Anytime they got good football or any sort of momentum that's just sideways, offload, like force the football, like just every so often die in a play, get to the grind, kick, go end to end, do what you did against Melbourne in the wet. It shouldn't take a wet, torrential wet weather game and a side like that for you to go, okay, we're in a bit of an arm wrestle here. You can't just attack your way out of every situation, which is what they tried to do, and force their hand. That's right. And it was summed up at the back end of the game where, for a 1-12 to 12 betters out there, I tipped a mate who was a Dragons fan and messaged me into it. So he goes, do you think we've got a chance? I said, there's a chance. So don't have a crack on 1-12. to 12. The poor bastard, they won by 13+. plus, But that last attacking raid summed it up. They cut him open a couple of times and then just threw a shit pass on play three and lost the football. Mm. Sometimes just... But yeah, like Moses, they could have gone through the hands of that pass I was talking about before to Siva. Yeah. Three or four sets of hands. Has to throw well over his head. the big 30-meter cutout part. Like, just fucking, it doesn't need to happen. I agree. The best part of their team to me is their forward pack and their middles. When they just bang to the middle, work off offloads, play direct, work off the back of that. When they get too excited or get behind and it turns into an arm wrestle, they seem to revert back to let's just attack. Attack and shift. Attack and mm. shift. Like, Get into the grind. If you yep. get punched in the mouth, just go through the trenches. Campbell Gillard, Paulo, these sorts of guys, Nathan Brown, and just say, sweet, we'll play you through the guts. And then they panicked. Scoreboard yep. pressure. Yep. It's a bit of a reality check, I guess. A lot of people bought yeah, in. Yeah, good, good little lesson. Buy into the Melbourne win the other week in the wet with a couple of players missing and a couple of the results so far. And then, you know, a game like this where they were heavy favourite, like the Dragons were $4.20 20, just head-to-head. Yeah, wow. And come out and dusted them, so... You know, bit of a wake-up call. And this week, they got the Raiders. So that's an interesting game between those two sides. But uh, on the Dragons... Power Raiders would be a belter, yeah. Like I said, forward pack in particular. Who the Dragons got this week? The Dragons? Dragons got the Warriors. So oh. Look at it this way. Four in a row into the Warriors who have got injury problems. Could bounce Potentially five heading into the Anzac Day game against the Roosters, which should be wow. a corker this year with the way they're playing. So that's hopefully something to look forward to. Not wrong. Because Anzac Day is always a great Be game of football. And, or it's even better when they're both doing well. Yeah. And then Anzac Day. So it's great. With them building some confidence with Walker and this situation, and now you've got the Dragons hopefully win a fifth in a row this weekend, could be heading into a hell of a game the week after. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, like I said, there's a lot of guys. Clune's doing a great job. Ravalawa, everyone's doing their job. But the forward pack in particular, um, a lot of those guys back to some of their best form. So... Good signs if you're a Dragons fan. And now Maguire coming down as well with the Cowboys paying heavy freight. So if they can get the best out of him, it's another quality forward on board. Absolutely. So good situation. But that wraps up the reviews of the games from the weekend. Jumping in to our tips and preview on the games for the next round, Brock. Brought to you by Bluebet. 100% true blue bookie. There is no one better. Bet with Bluebet. Jump onto the website, uh, visit the website, sorry, today, bluebet.com.au or download the app. 
That's the way to bet. And in particular, as we keep saying every week now, they support the charity account. So Get support on. Blue Bet. Get on. Get on board. Last week, unfortunately, between those screwed armies, we didn't put on the bet we wanted to, so we lost two legs. That's my fault. So while we were half stung, I handed you my phone at about 11.30 at night and said, what are we doing? We looked at the Melbourne game and said, who's paying good money? So we backed Nelson to score a try. And what did he do? At four plus dollars, and he just got sent off, uh, sin bin instead, and didn't score. And you know the worst part? Right at the back end of the game, and the old man read me like a book. When they made that break, Pappenhausen was through. He got to pick a pass to who he threw it to. He threw it just past the face of Nelson to Nico Hines instead. And I was going, fuck. Mm. <laughs> did you bet on Nelson? You bet on Nelson, didn't you? I said, I didn't bet on Nelson. It's for charity. Mm. So don't judge me. Well, I gouge you. But, yeah, saw the money, just a bag of cash got passed past his eyes. Yeah. And even Nelson looked filthy because he was going to just stroll in from 20 metres out and score under the post. So, you get that. But, last week, as far as the tips are concerned, what do we got here? You got six, I got six. Gossip, come up with seven. You tipped the upset in the Warriors game with the Eagles and Roast got five. Went for the Sharks and a couple others there that didn't pan out. But the standings, you're leading 30. Main Gossip are on 29 and the Roast is on 28. But this week, who we got first up? Broncos and the Panthers. Wow. I don't know. Ninety nine. If we're going to have uh, a lot of disparity. Dollar oh three. The Panthers. On this one, but let's look at the changes Maybe for this sure weekend. For the Broncos, Anthony Milford has been dropped. Brody Croft comes in. Tessie New is also out. He makes way for Jesse Arthurs in the centres. Ben Teo having surgery on the bicep. He's gone for 12 weeks. Ethan Bullimore comes back onto the bench. Pat Carrigan back at lock after being suspended. Peter Pangai Jr. has been moved to the back row and he's benched Jordan Ricky. For the Panthers, no one injured after winning last week. The only players missing, as we know, Dylan Edwards and Upperside Corrissi are both hopefully back by about round eight. So if you're a Panther fan right now, you're pretty happy with how things are going. That's for sure. But let's get a look at those odds from BlueBet.com. And the Panthers are $1.03 with BlueBet. The Broncos are $12. The margin for that is minus 26 and a half. Ouch. And uh, no doubt we're both tipping the Panthers in that one. Yes. For obvious reasons that do not need to be explained. But on to the early... Friday game, and very interesting on this one. you got the Newcastle Knights up against the Sharks after the situation that's panned out today. And for the Knights, three big inclusions. Bradman Best is back, Kurt Mann, and Jacob Safidi. Best sees Shibasaki out of the side, while Connor Watson goes from 5'8 to lock to accommodate Mann's return. Safidi goes onto the bench with Sami Solo dropping out. And Braden Musgrove makes his debut. Long awaited on the wing. Uh, Edric Lee, Tex Hoy, and a couple of other guys, Phoenix Crossland, are a few weeks away. For the Sharks, Wade Graham and Josh Dugan both miss out after the HIAs and fail in their concussions. Graham's had two concussions in the space of the last few weeks, as we spoke about before. Connor Tracy moves back into the centres where he's done a pretty good job the last few weeks, while Britton Nakora is back from suspension. And there's a new man on the bench, Sasifa Talakai, finally back from injury this week. What do you reckon, Boxhead? Sharks, till the Knights have got their full, or close enough to their full complement back, it's going to be tough to tip them. Emotional week for the Sharkies. So yep. 
I don't know. Could be a hard situation because Newcastle lost two games that you would have expected them to win at home. Mm. This could be a third. Um, Wade and Dugan are losses, but they've also, you know, Wade's not really played that much yeah. this year. Nakora's a decent enough replacement. I'm with you. I think emotions and weeks like this generally can be a positive thing. I'd like to think that'd be a positive thing yeah. in reaction to it, but uh, for that reason, I'll go the Sharks, but not with a whole lot of confidence. And the odds with Bluebet, they've got the Sharks slight favourites at $1.78 there at McDonald Jones Stadium for the Newcastle Knights. They're $2.05, and the line is minus one and a half in that one. The Friday night game, an absolute ripper. Can't wait. The Storm up against the Roosters at Amy Park for Craig Bellamy. The same 17 who played last week. Nelson named it lock. Tui back to the bench, but they may trade places as they have done the last few weeks. In the reserves, Branko Lee has been named, but I think they've said last week they don't want to rush him. They've left him in Queensland Cup to get some football back after a long layoff, and there's still no sign of Dale Finucane. But for the Roosters, Ben Maskey, successful at the judiciary, so he's free to play. He's in at number nine with Freddie Lussick out with that fractured arm. He's going to miss six to eight weeks. Lindsay Ouch. Collins also returns from a head knock and is back on the bench. And Adam Kieran returns, which is very, very handy. Fletcher Baker goes to the reserves. Melbourne, in Melbourne, still a couple of guys out, even though a few return for the Roosters, but I'll be going the Storm at home to hopefully make a bit of a statement. Yep, Storm. And the odds with this one surprise me with Blue Bet, but they've got Melbourne heavy favourites at $1.33. Mm. I thought this would still be more of a, I don't know, $1.70, $2.20 sort of game and a couple of points, but. I thought maybe one fifty, two fifty, something like that. Three thirty-five for the Roosters, good value, and the start also good value. Nine and a half. It's a lot. So, uh, with the side like the Roosters, I don't care who's missing. I generally don't like to mess with the line that large when it involves two quality teams. But early Saturday game will be there. Titans up against the Manly Seagulls at Glen Willow in Mudgee. For Manly, it's finally happened. Tommy's back, mate. Yeah, whether he plays or not, also. It's a long awaited return, apparently. Good timing with Dylan Walker. Get the sticky Walker. tape out. Get the sticky tape out, he says. Dylan Walker, gone after a hamstring injury. Hamali Oloka R2 returns in the second row, and Kate Cust is back after missing round five due to some kind of virus. And Tavita Funa has been named among the reserves after coming off the bench last week. Jack Kazuski could be out for the season after a foot injury he suffered. Last week, but for Holbrook and the Titans, the same 17 from last week, which is always good. The only concern is Philip Semi, who's going through the HIA protocols, and Anthony Don has not been named, but the club experts say he'll be right for the following round. They were talking this week, I thought that Greg Marzu would get a debut possibly, but he's not named in the 21, so they're clearly confident in Philip Semi being clear. But mm. I think he was uh, a bit wobbly on the weekend. I'm on the Titans. Tommy may be back, but good form. After massacre in Mudgee. Hopefully, Sonny, and for you, in particular, I'm on the Titans. I, yep. want, I want to see a good win. Something. Something for us to enjoy. Something for the punters. And with Blue Bet, a dollar forty-eight favorite of the oh, Gold Coast. So Titans. they should be. They should be a dollar Two sixty-five for the Manly Seagulls. Minus six and a half is the line there in that clash. Hopefully, it's going to be a corker day. For a 3pm game. Plenty of good football and a bit of loose footy would be nice. Saturday at Stadium Australia, the Bunnies up against the Tigers and for Souths, Cody Walker comes back in. Benji back to the bench and Dean Hawkins who debuted out of the side and Liam Knight, a bit of a surprise. He was ruled out indefinitely with concussion symptoms. He's been added to the squad 
in Jersey 19. And for the Tigers, some changes. Jake Simpkin gets his chance at dummy half. Jacob Little all the way back to the reserves. Asua Kapoa comes back into the centres after Joey Leilua failed his HIA after being a late addition this week just gone. And Eel, a former Eel, Stefano Utukomano, who has looked better each week, swaps with Zane Musgrove while Tom Amone is the new face in the reserves. I think we all know where we're going again with this yep. one. Yep. South and... Yep. If uh, it's anything like last week, it could be very ugly, but the bookies at Bluebet have it at $1.11 for South Sydney, six fifty for the West Tigers, and minus 17.5 is the line there for that game. The late night to finish us off on Saturday, Corker again. Hopefully the Raiders up against the Eels down at GIO Stadium. Curtis Scott returns in the centres. Sebastian Chris goes back to the reserves. Josh Hodgson has been named despite that hip injury. Caleb Bacon's into fullback with Charles Nickel Klogstad out with that potentially long-term injury with a failed HA, but more importantly, our neck injury. Ryan James is out of the 21 with Tapine named at lock and Emre Gula playing his first game on the bench this year. Sam Williams and Semi Valame make way for Chris and Frawley in the reserves. And for the Parramatta Eels, Dylan Brown has been suspended for a crusher tackle and his place is taken by Will Smith. Madison returns in the back row after three games. Papali back to the bench and Keegan Hipgrave is returned. If Dylan Brown's out... Did they drop Bryce? No. And Dylan Brown's out, so I'll be, going, I'll be going the Raiders in Canberra. Me and, too. And things are starting to freshen up a little bit in the morning. I don't know about night time, but... Well, if it was just freezing dewy, out there on the field. If it's a little bit dewy down in Canberra, it's not a great place to play footy. Yeah, no. Nah. And if Parra want to play side to side again, and the Raiders are... Ricky raging after last week and that performance, and they want to get down and dirty. Uh, could be a good night for the Raiders, but for Bluebet, the odds there are You've also got the turnaround Friday night from Sunday night as well. Mm. And In Canberra's favour. Then you've got Para six days. Was it Sunday to Saturday? So mm. they're the outsiders, Parramatta with Bluebet, $2.15, $1.70 for the Raiders with Bluebet, and the line is minus two and a half. Sunday. Warriors up against the Dragons, and we see here Anthony Griffin names an unchanged 17 after that win. Josh McGuire is named after his move from the Cowboys, and Billy Burns joins him in the reserves for the first time with Kate Ellis and Max Figuire dropping out. Halfback and captain Ben Hunt is hoping to be back by around eight. And for the Warriors, Peter Hicko is back after an injury with David Fusitua out after an injury as well, and Marcelo Montoya has been named after copping a head knock, so we'll see what happens there. Josh Curran gets a start in the second row with Alessia Katoa dropping out of the squad and Bunty Fowler and Jermaine Tanoa brown are back after serving suspension, so that definitely helps the forward stocks replacing Tom Arlay. So, Dragons, given that situation. Yep. And uh, the Warriors, a couple of ins, but again, Dragons with that confidence, I'm sure they'll Depth bring that into away it. from home, yeah. all that. A lot of question marks uh, with the injuries that are going on right now for the Warriors side of things, and a lot of confidence for the Dragons. And with Bluebet, they are a dollar fifty favourite, two sixty for the outsiders. The Warriors minus six is it? No, minus five and a half. Sorry, Ooh. is the line there for that one? So yeah, and the last game of the round, flip a coin somewhat, but Cowboys up against the Bulldogs. Jason Tamalolo has been named again this week to return. Well, we're return. back to 2 o'clock and 4 o'clock on Sundays. No more Sunday night footy. It's gone because of the daylight savings. Yeah, right back up. I think it said 4 o'clock game. 
Yeah. yeah, you're right. It is. Two o'clock? What's two o'clock? That's two the worst. Two Dragon's worst. Right. So, yeah, maybe with daylight savings, they want as much of it in the sun as they can. Yeah. So, the six, uh, the six games gone. But look oh. at this one. Tama, like we said, renamed. Uh, he was named last week, ended up going out late. So, Cohen Hess shifts to prop. Francis Muller goes back to the bench in this reshuffle. And Ruben Cotter is out of the squad completely. Justin O'Neill makes his return from injury in the centres. Hamiso yeah, has an ankle injury. What a try he scored on the weekend. Oh, what a corker that was, that oh. first one. And fellow returnee, Mitchell Dunn grabs a spot in the reserves of Peter Ola. Connolly Lamilu has been named despite being under a cloud with a shoulder complaint. And for the Bulldogs, Josh Jackson is out after tearing his calf at training. Yeah, today. And English forward Luke Thompson will replace him at lock. Chris Smith removes from the reserves into the interchange. Matt Dory is the new man in. Lachlan Lewis is a chance of returning as well. Josh Jackson out, not a good sign. No, that's why I was a little bit late home because we've had a bit of a shuffling going on this afternoon. Well, after a win last week, to be rolling into the Bulldogs, I'd be feeling good if I was the Cowboys, and in particular if Tamalolo does play. So I'll be... Sticking with the Cowboys, as you are as well. And with Blue Bet, final odds for this week. They're $1.45 favourite, the Cowboys. two seventy five for the Bulldogs. And the line is minus 6.5. Charity bet, like we said, unfortunately. Duck egg so far. Two losses. Do we like something? Is there anything there that takes you away? Not right at this second, no. Not right now? No. Maybe, maybe we might have to get something from the Titans game. Yeah, we do, yeah. So we can ride at home while we're there. Because, in, in all honesty, we're not going to find any value in the Panthers game. What about Fafita to score, Titans 13+. plus? Get oh, on. You're going heavy. A try score is available right now. Oh, they're not all available? Not straight away, no. Oh, uh, will blow it out your ass. Blow it out your ass. <laughs> what about... Um, uh, oh, so you can't even back just any time try scorer. Not right now. It's not listed. Oh, it will be listed, but not right now. But there's a few games, like the Sharks-Newcastle game. I won't be touching that. Um, I will be. You will be? Yeah. Sharks-Newcastle. The John Morris Cup. The John Morris Cup. Because he Cup. played for the Knights. He started the Knights, didn't he? Yeah. He was near Knights Junior. It's the John Morris Cup, mate. Wow. Um, I'll be back in the Knights. Well, what did we say? You wanted to feed her. 13 plus. You'd probably get somewhere in the in the fours, high fours. Is that all? Yeah. Titans 13 plus into Fafita to score. Get out of town. <laughs> what about, what price is Tino to score? Well, I backed Tino last week at $6 and thought that's massive. He didn't score, oh. No. You scored all, all the edges. Yep. Got the cream. Let's get on him this week. Got nothing. Let's just have a million on Tino. We've gone from Nelson to Tino. And we'll stand and go. We're back at front rowers. Get on. <laughs> We're just back at front rowers every week. Get, yeah, big Tino. Uh, class. And when one hits, it'll be big. But my God, we need one to hit. Yeah, we need something. We're two down. Two down. Not good. But big thank you to Blue Bet, as we said. Charity Bet. Much appreciated. Bears of Hope is the charity. We need to start getting some money into that kitty. Bet with Blue Bet. Jump on the site today, bluebet.com.au, or download the app. Thank you to Penrith Solar Centre. There is no one better. Jump on their website as well, www.penrithsolar.com.au. Jake and the crew there, the best. The yep, absolute. The greatest. The best. And there you go. There's another week of the fifth and last NRL podcast. Hope everyone is doing well. 
staying safe and enjoying the rugby league. Round six, we're a quarter of the way through after this weekend. And uh, in a couple of weeks' time, Origin will be not too far away. Oh, dear. So it's already upon us. Yeah. That time of year. Good times. But rugby league, how good. Rugby league. But for everybody out there for now, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.